0: Jewel of Pro Wrestling Podcast is back in the building. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the wrestling edition as we hide that blade beneath our tongues. Hogan style brother and prepare to perforate the skin with another lethal dose of that performance. Enhancing audio, the Brian Campbell in fact, the damn voice that you hear. And I'm back with another loaded show. That looks back at the week that was in WWE. Hey, and maybe a bit beyond. You know, if you can hear Jimmy, and you are all in, as they say, on the future of pro wrestling. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brandy? Oh, come on! Oh, come on! Oh, come on, Randy! Yeah. Oh, come on, Brandy! Seriously, wow, Mandy, Brandy, all the same. We're back. Little weird show for you this week. I'm uh, no dirty bedsheets, but I am conducting this from a hotel room after a day in the New York City following Canelo Alvarez. But the Silver King is safe at home in South Florida, ready for a loaded show again. So let me just bring this guy in because he hates long intros. He hates when I try to make jokes and play sound bites. So here's my co host, people. Say hello to the bad guy. Yes, he never hedged. He never hedged. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein.
1: Hey, now, I don't know about dirty bedsheets, but those are some dirty curtains behind Yeah,
0: me. I can't speak to the quality of this room, but hey, it counts. I'm here. It does. I'm ready. I did watch wrestling. I, I have to admit in in life, life update, always honest with the people. Things are really heating up in the real fighting sports these days, but I, I saw Raw. I saw SmackDown. I saw NXT last week, but I'm not up on the things like 205, the damn May Young, all that stuff. Adam, you got to be the voice of reason during this certain period right now.
1: No, I mean, listen, I uh, got some work changes here at CBS Sports, so I'm with you. Uh, No 205 Live. I haven't watched Mixed Match Challenge in two weeks. I haven't seen the last two editions of 205 Live. Sorry, last one edition of 205 Live. Uh, Do expect to catch up on most of this tonight. A couple hours before we taped the first NXT UK show aired at 3 p.m. Eastern. Haven't seen that. So I'm a little bit behind on some of the extraneous uh, WWE programming. But Raw, SmackDown, we're full. We're ready. We're live. I like that you called this a wrestling show off the top because uh, when we start the main event in a moment, we're dealing with some some carny shit here, you know, in terms of WWE. Can you say that? Can we say that out loud? I think we can. And, uh, Calling it wrassling. Um, Very apropos, I think.
0: All Good right, way to start well, the show. Before we get to that bit of business, we have some other things to talk about, Adam. We are always very honest with the damn people about the things that are going on inside our family here at the In This Corner. And we welcome in the listeners often as members of our extended family We had a little dust-up this past week in the family. I don't know if you want to talk about it, Adam, if you want to go on record. People may remember Adam from his previous Twitter feuds with the likes of Thomas Jordan Sutton and other listeners, but what the heck is going on between you and my guy, ITC's guy, arguably our number one listener at TalkBox, Thanos Backland? You blocked this guy? Is this true? Is this true? Dikembe
1: Mutombo style. What? Why? Why? Uh, so the Twitter account is at Silverstein Adam. And that means it's my Twitter account. And I want to hear from who I want to hear from. And I don't want to hear from who I don't want to hear from. So someone is annoying and constantly pestering me. Uh, I have a lot of busy stuff going on in my life. I don't really need to deal with it. So look, no one's saying it's permanent. It's probably temporary. In the moment, I felt I don't need to see... What this guy has to say anymore. I mean, listen, D Middy was blocked. He worked his way back.
0: You never but know. This guy's on our Mount Rushmore. You know, we got a tight knit group here, the foundational guys. D Middy's the OG. We got great guys like uh uh Tristan Adolano, Omar Al Rashid with the Thunder from down under. Bob Backlund's a, a premium quality person here. Every
1: yeah, he was, and then he's went to Thanos and you know? Well, he
0: he tried to call Yao for hedging. It was it, That's your finishing move, that's the not damn his,
1: silver hedge. That's not, first of all, it's BS in almost totality. But that's not his job. That's your job. So if you want to call me out for some BS, you can feel free. He doesn't need to. And then when anyone, any listener, when I have a nice conversation back and forth, and I show them why they're wrong, and they decide to keep going at me, you know what? I don't need to deal with it. So All I right. do what well, I, I need to do. I didn't see the
0: history between the two of you necessarily. I'll give you there's that benefit. no history. Benefit. No but history. you went
1: from zero to block in like... There's no history. I don't dislike him. He's a fine guy. But if I'm going to go ahead and call you a bro and you don't accept that and you try to throw it back at me, I'm not going to be thrilled with that. I mean, there's some pretty famous bro-on-bro bro crime. If you're a Howard Stern listener with Artie Lang, you know how that transpired. So I felt that I was getting... Dist unnecessarily. It by was this a man. little and sensitive, I didn't want to, and in, I didn't want to deal with it. You were very sensitive
0: in the moment. This is part of this guy's part of no, our family. No, there's no
1: sensitivity. But... Your Twitter, listen, following me, and I don't mean me like I'm anyone special. Following you, following him, following him. It's not a right. I'm not the president of the United States. It's not a right that you need to know and see everything I have to say. I'm I'm happy that it annoyed him. I guess because that means meant he cared. Cool. We're talking way too much about something that doesn't matter. I made a choice on my personal communication account not to have someone follow me. And more importantly, not to have them, not for me to have to see what they have to say. That's what it was. It'll probably end in a week or two. I just didn't feel like it in the moment.
0: That's it. Oh, oh, hey, look at that. What is going on here? Bob Backlund. I have a, uh, I have a a word for you from Bob Backlund. He sent it to me. He said, can you tell Adam this message? He says, Dear Adam, I know your thoughts on prepared statements, so I'll keep it as brief as your patience for sticking to one perspective without hedging your bets. My dude, you got to separate criticism with the podcast and wrestling with personal offenses. Nobody actually hates you, the person, but we may disagree with your character's takes. What are you, what are you, a pro wrestler now, a character? Bob Beckler, back to this. he says, what do you
1: think, I'm Robin Quivers, I have one real character and I have, and I have a real life persona? Go ahead. He says, Keep you on.
0: can call yourself SK the Silver King, man. You are living the gimmick and that's fine. I came at you hedge- for hedging without even getting to our agreement about the Mixed match Challenge at the end of the show. Are you still mad because I said nobody uses timestamps on podcasts? I know it feels personal, but it's really not. Silver Hedge is the what chant of the ITC. It got over unexpectedly, and you can't get rid of it, but after enough time passes, it's endearing. I'm a huge wrestling fan of mostly all wrestling. I love this podcast, it's my favorite. You guys generally represent how I consume the product, and I love checking in with your takes too. You know what else? I love engaging with you guys on Twitter because it makes the pod more fun and interactive. We are your ITC universe, and for you to block folks because they are responding to the gimmick is a level of petty like firing CM Punk on his wedding day. Brother, you got to <laughs> lighten up like Otis Dozovich on a juice fast. In the words of the immortal stack guy, Greg, it's professional wrestling. And to close, he says, P.S., has there ever been a non-lightning round of Hero Zero? P.P.S., it's a belt. Thanos Backlin out. That's it. That's that's a statement. I represented him in, in the court of law. He wants back in. He wants back in your life, Adam. Cool. Wow. Wow. That was cold. That was some cold bit of business right there. Wow. Well, you know. Wow. Wow. What were you expecting more? <laughs> I think you owe the guy an apology. That's just a straight. up. <laughs> I think you owe the guy an apology. Uh, uh No. No. that 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 block was a soft no reaction, i think really- i think
1: he i think he let me put it this way i think he took the block more serious than it
0: actually than than he thinks i took his conscience. oh you were fired up with f bombs you were pretty fired up i didn't i didn't f bomb uh, uh,
1: all right well, i don't f bomb i do not f bomb on social media no never
0: all right i'd like well, to i'd like to i'd love to so one day when when Thanos Backlund takes the chair of the Great Nick Costos, maybe we'll have this debate on the air. We should do that. We should do one of those things where it's like, hey, audition for the third chair on in this corner with Brian Campbell's wrestling show. We'll make it a reality show it'd be. It would be like that ESPN thing they used to do back in the day, right? Because as long
1: as, as, long as Maven wins, yeah, I
0: think yeah, it works. Well, there you go. Because you know, I would say hiring Nick Podca- Nick Costos for this podcast one of the smartest things we ever did, Adam. But hiring him not realizing that he'll never come back on the show again because he's too busy and doesn't care about us. That was not smart. And Adam, when it comes to hiring, you do know that there are job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through. And that's not smart. And there are jobs that make you wait for the right candidate job sites. You apply to your job, and that is not smart. You know what else is not smart? Using your relatives to fill in at work while you look for staff. You know where I'm going with this? I'm going to ZipRecruiter.com slash corner to hire the right person. And Adam, our listeners can too.
1: They can. And ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology skins, thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employees in the United States. And this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. So right now, listeners in this corner can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash corner. That's ziprecruiter.com slash corner. And you know I'm going to do it again. ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: Blocking Thanos Backlin, not smart. Going to ZipRecruiter, very smart, Adam. Before we get into the main event here, we're already now we're into the show. Meanwhile, um, you know this guy
1: got more juice from me blocking him than he ever has on the show. Oh, how dare So you. congratulations. How
0: how dare you? Uh, by the way, Mitty did DM me, and all he said was tell Adam free Thanos. All right, that's all I'm telling. Anyway, uh, Nick Mitty's Hust- lucky. Mitty's lucky he gets to follow me at all. Okay, let's be honest. Mitty is. We wouldn't have a show without Mitty. He's our original fan. He's like that first guy like in I our like diner Middy's that bought something. And we framed his dollar bill the, on the wall. The you first know,
1: dollar. Yes, he was the first. He was. He must have been the first reply to our first show. I like Mitty very much. I like. I like Thanos very much. I don't want to hear what he has to say for a short period oh, of time because he annoyed
0: now me. Now you like the guy. You just F-bombed and blocked him. All right, anyway. Hey, remember when this?
1: I... You keep saying I F-bombed him. I didn't F-bomb him.
0: Go ahead. Remember this guy? Not only did he not win it, I felt that he lost it. Uh, Who is that? I don't remember that guy at all. He just moved to Stanford, Connecticut, the home of WWE, to, to start working at our Stanford CBS satellite office. Do you think he can work his way in to a VKM sit-down?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Maybe- <laughs> I've, been asking for v- I've been asking for VKM on the podcast, breaking the fourth wall here, uh, every month since we have started. It will never happen. And if it does, I'm producer of the year. Let me put it that way.
0: Well, uh, I wonder if that guy one night will be out having a few drinks, swiping right, or run into Shane. Before you know it, I could see that guy ending up in the mansion randomly, accidentally,
1: right? If WWE offered Nick a job,
0: no, not a like, job. I'm talking about he's no, like.
1: No, I'm I'm, t- I'm I'm proposing something here. If WWE offered Nick a full time
0: job, would he leave CBS Sports? Uh, he does love gambling and regular sports and football. I mean, it is his he love. loves them, loves them. It what has... is that boy?
1: What is that boyhood dream for him? That's the that's question.
0: interesting. That's and and you know, would would the grass be greener on that other side, or would he learn? You know, would he see the skeletons? Would he find Katie Vick in a boiler room and then be like, why did I make this decision?
1: Would they allow him someone of his Greek persuasion to travel to Saudi Arabia?
0: Oh, wow. Uh, Well, I don't know. Uh, Hey, this, this sounds like good topics for our main event. You want to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Main event time.
1: This is the main event. All right. So WWE, it seems, is still putting on crown jewel. Despite massive global unrest, massive um, pleas, constant pleas for them not to put the show on, senators, media, everyone basically telling WWE, hey, we're not doing business with Saudi Arabia anymore. You need to stop as well. And what Dave Meltzer has reported and what is pretty commonly understood, he didn't need to report it, it's pretty commonly understood, is short of... The president basically telling Vince, you're not going to Saudi Arabia. Well, Vince and his cojones are going to Saudi Arabia. (laughs) So, BC WWE is quote-unquote monitoring the situation. The last two nights of WWE television being Raw and SmackDown, they mentioned Crown Jewel a hundred times. You know what words they didn't use? Saudi Arabia. Not once on five hours of television. There's lots of external pressure here. Is WWE doing the right thing?
0: Well, Swerveler, they're actually doing the right thing for the bed that they made. Now, the bed that they made is dirtier than the bed sheets that I laid in in Brooklyn that night telling you the truth about SummerSlam, even though I was actually in Manhattan. But that's another story. Anyway, it's a dirty bed because they decided to go forward in soaking in the Saudi Arabian money shamelessly. And when I say shamelessly, I mean it's like accepting this show that doesn't allow women and sort of kind of hedging their their PC with that and yeah. then playing the absurd you know feature in the middle of the arena that just is like so pro Saudi Arabian government because they built this foundation this bed uh, they almost have to go through with this show because i think if you pull out now it it's a really bad business move because it seems like they're getting a ton of money and there are like the, the bullet's so far out of the gun at this point That they're actually doing it, I think, the right way for this situation. Not mentioning Saudi Arabia. In fact, they probably shouldn't mention Saudi Arabia outside of one time when the show opens. We are live from whatever arena. And I think here's two ways that they can fix this. It's subtle. One, don't even remotely sniff one of them promo videos again that that say how great the Saudi Arabia. Like, get the hell away from that. 2 you got to force a woman onto the show in some form. Doesn't have to be a women's championship match in the main event, but I think on some form, they should push back a little because they got a little bit of leverage. But three, and I know I said two, but here's three. Third, most importantly here, they got to put on a badass pay per view that takes the narrative away from this soiled PR narrative, which is hey, WWE, you just sold your soul in a bucket of sand. So. Yeah, in a perfect world, they shouldn't be there. But it's corporate, and money matters more than ethics in these cases. And Vince is stubborn, all the above. So they're actually doing the right thing in the wrong situation that they created themselves.
1: Yeah. So first of all, we need to rename this blood money in the sand because that's what it is. Uh, Working in journalism, I find this completely appalling. I mean, look, I, I don't like what Saudi Arabia stands for in the first place. I didn't like the WWE. Did this deal with Saudi Arabia in the first place? But they are a business and other businesses do business with Saudi Arabia. So I didn't necessarily criticize them too much for that. When we saw Money in the Sand one, um, and we saw that propaganda that was played throughout the show, we got further disgusted as that show went on. So you're a hundred percent right. That cannot happen. And the government of Saudi Arabia, who they've made this deal with, needs to understand that on their own, that they cannot put WWE in a position where they have to air those things. Because WWE's not airing those because they want to. It's part of their deal. That's number one. Number two, after this year, they should end this deal. It's over. This was already agreed upon. The date was set. They've been building towards it. There's uh, millions of dollars behind it. They probably already have equipment over there. Um, Maybe they left it there from the April show. Who the hell knows? So you go through with this. You kind of have to go through with it because it's planned. They may have already paid for it. So if you don't go through with it now, you either owe them money back, which hurts your stock price, or you owe them a show in the future, and who knows how bad it's going to get in the future. So I don't know that they could have canceled this or moved this show. And I don't know. What I can tell you is if there was any other president in the White House, this show would not be happening because there's no freaking way that anyone else would tell them that they're allowed to go over there. So it's partially the fault of our government. It's partially WWE's fault. It's really Saudi Arabia's fault because they killed the damn – allegedly, whatever. I don't even want to couch it. Killed the damn journalist, um, American resident. Uh, And I'm just disgusted. Like I wish that this wasn't – we weren't in this position. But it does remind you that this isn't a Hollywood movie. This isn't a TV show or Netflix. This is wrestling. This wouldn't happen in any other sport or business except wrestling. You know, uh, did NGPW, I think, went to North Korea? WCW, I think, at one point went to North Korea, right, or something like that? Where else would this happen? It reminds us the business that we've chosen. I've used this line a couple weeks now. I'm almost running out of verbiage to discuss it because there's no right that you can have. It's how wrong is it going to be.
0: Wow. So man. I think a, co- a combination of what you and I said. If you if you came here for pro wrestling but instead got Adam's politics, this was a this is a treat this week. If you lose, I get to shave your head. Oh, oh my god. Uh, yeah. Like you like know, what? Like what is what
1: is still redeeming about this? There's nothing.
0: No, no. It's a it's a business decision. The redeeming thing is their bank account, so they can look. When they went to Australia, they didn't play your features about Australian life. And guess what? They didn't put. Australian dignitaries in the front row. So you got to move those sheiks out of the front row and yep. you, you got to basically uh, put fans in there that care and, and make this. We're just, in, it's another pay-per-view in another city. I don't think they need to necessarily cancel their relation, but they need to be more aggressive and progressive on getting women on the card so that it's a bailout because then they say, well, look, people don't want us going there, but we're part of the change there. When they say that now, it, we don't receive that because there's no women on the card, Triple H, so you're not part it would of the be, change. It,
1: it would be helpful to have women on the card, but what? first of all, according to reports, the talent doesn't want to go over there in the first place. If I'm WWE, I don't want to send women over there. Not that they'd be in danger. I don't think any performer or anyone from WWE that goes over there will personally be in danger. But if you're a woman and you know what this regime is about, and you're dealing with the situation as it presents itself, and they're just going to add you to it at the last minute. <laughs> Do you really want to go? No. Maybe in a year, if like it's built up and it is a progressive thing, maybe this does push that forward. But a journalist shouldn't have to die for women to wrestle on a card. <laughs> Let's just be honest.
0: That's uh, what we're dealing with. We need a we need like an MTV uh, celebrity like don't I. Ain't gonna play Sunset. City. Eh? we need one of those like a We Are the World thing. <laughs> maybe all, the, maybe all the wrestlers in the Revolution can band together and say, you know, WWE will not, should not go there. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's it's dirty corporate. It, look, the the higher you go up the corporate chain, and WWE's very high these days with the billionaire deal. I was I was just reading the Hartford Current in Connecticut, and they were like, we have three new billionaires added to the to their state this year of of state residents. This time it's. Vince McMahon and we now have right. nine billionaires, so it's like they're so far into a new tax bracket that like it gets dirty for anybody when they get to that level, including our government by the way, if you want to go full on politics, you know including our government's history, not just this regime, all the damn regimes, it's very dirty, but yeah oh, listen
1: um, uh, listen uh again, not getting into politics but but uh presidential offices before this one have dealt with the Saudi arabians, no question about it, but what we're getting down to is would any of them have allowed this show to go on given this thing that just happened? And the answer is no. Well, and the fact that, that WWE is not getting bailed out by the government, if the government told them you're not going, that bails them out. They don't have to worry about it when relations eventually get rehabbed, which you can't even believe that that would happen. But if they did, and then WWE went over there after six months, a year, that's part of business again. But the government, you would hope, would have stepped in and told them, you're not going. And then Vince can wash his hands of
0: it. There's uh, an interesting parallel in a lot of of ways uh, to shout out a a good book I just read. You remember that dude, uh, General Adnan? Or I knew him growing up as Sheik Adnan Al casey Mm hmm. He had a he's a really good autobiography that came out about 15 years ago called the Sheik of Baghdad Tales of Celebrity and Terror from Pro Wrestling's General Adnan. And this guy lived like a Forrest Gump life. For example, he was there on the street corner in Dallas when Kennedy got killed. Like he's been like everywhere. But he grew up in Iraq, friends with Saddam. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, then when Saddam took power in Iraq. He used to stage these giant wrestling events and bring in Adnan as like the chosen son to main event them, And they would do ridiculous business and they would do that as a way to fill the newspapers with headlines to block the bad stuff going on in the country. So as soon as I heard this Saudi Arabian wrestling event, I was reading that book at the time and I'm like, that's really weird parallels in there about like and he said he they would have to Saddam Hussein did not know that wrestling was fake. And if he did, he would have killed everybody in the ring. <laughs> so this book's incredible. Like, the line they had to toe because if the, they'd always bring in an American or Canadian to lose. And if that guy had got too much offense in, loaded guns ringside would be, like, cocked. It's just an incredible book. And I'm also reading, I mentioned it before, Trump Mania, Vince McMahon, WWE, and the Making of America's 45th President by Lavi Margolin. Very interesting book along the lines of what's going on between the cross-section of politics and Vince McMahon. But, yeah, that's the political section this week in our main event. But, hey, WWE, sweep up your house a little bit, all right? Can we get past this? Can it be back about, like, wrestling and good booking and not, like, should we go to this damn pay-per-view that nobody was really that excited about anyway? Like like I said, you know how you fix it? You know how they always fix bad headlines? With great stuff. So come out there yeah, with a I'm... really great pay-per-view and we'll, we'll forget about it, right?
1: I don't know that we'll forget about it. I don't know that that would fix it this time. I think the way – seriously, the way to fix it is you do the show almost because you have to, and then you end your partnership. That's the only way to do it. You have to. Like you can't – this cannot go on because it's a yearly reminder. Yes. In, a, in the real nothing-
0: world, in the business world, in real life, it can't go on. But WWE does not operate in real life. We know this. Carnies. Carnies, man. this is, That's
1: freaking carnies. Um, oh, wow. All right. We will – we will talk about the World Cup just because the field is set and it, why not, I guess, because this is a wrestling show after all. The World Cup, World Cup, by the way, features eight Americans. So not really a representation <laughs> of the world here, just America. Um, we do have a bonus DM slide from Ben Porges at, K- at KLA Benko. Uh, now that we have all the participants, how do you think the World Cup should be managed? What should be the final? I will read the names. John Cena, Kurt Engel, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, and Ray Mysterio Jr.
0: You know, no, they've booked it so celebrity heavy that it doesn't seem like it's going to coincide with actual storylines. There's no prize at stake. So I don't right. really think... Like it's even worth handicapping. It's not like there's somebody in there that you're like, oh, they could use the rub from this. I mean, are they doing this entirely to please the crowd in Saudi Arabia? Yes, we already know that. So Does that mean Cena's going all the way? Maybe, right? No. I mean, it's going to be fun seeing Angle's involvement to a certain degree because they've done well with that on Raw lately, but I don't even think I'm into this enough to get a prediction off. So,
1: I think... Baron Corbin costs Kurt Angle a match, which makes sense, right? Uh, I don't think John Cena wins. I don't know who he loses to. Uh, I think Rey Mysterio wins the entire thing because he can use the rub. Uh, if not him, potentially The Miz wins the entire thing to get a title shot. There's potentially no title if shots. It.
0: You don't win anything. You're just the best wrestler in the whole world. That's all you get.
1: No, I understand. But then he has an argument. You can also just interfere in the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match and have an argument there as well. But I don't think Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, I would love for Seth Rollins to win. I don't think it helps him. Ziggler, I don't think it helps him. Angle or Cena, I think Mysterio, coming back, first major event that he's at, getting the win, propels him suddenly in SmackDown. It's cool, by the way, that he's on SmackDown. But does Saudi Arabia care about him? I don't think they care about any of these guys. They they care care about about the
0: larger-than-life guys. They care about the Cena, the names. They care about names. Well, Rey Mysterio, is Rey Mysterio not a name? Well, he's like an, a name. I th- uh, maybe I'm way off on this, but I think he's a name more to hardcore wrestling fans and casual wrestling fans who are like, John Cena, John Cena, yes, yes, yes.
1: Well, John Cena's more, you know, current, but Rey Mysterio, I mean, he was world champion, small guy, got over huge. He's massively popular. I think he's a huge name. All right. Well, what, I think he's big enough to win it. Let me put it
0: that my way. My intrigue for this is how they book these matches because obviously the matches cannot be long. So when you hear there's a tournament one night, you're hoping these matches are really high quality, like they're high wires, but it probably right. won't be. There is no. a fun way to book matches with you mix in schmazzes, you mix in some clean wins. I, I hope they do it the right way. I hope it doesn't drag on like WrestleMania 4, but I hope they, they book it uh, uh, an intriguing way that makes sense.
1: What I would like to see is for the legends who don't need to be put over to put people over in the right spots. We know the legends are going to win matches because you want the crowd engaged and like you said, the big names are the ones that people care about. But I would like to see a situation where like, John Cena puts Seth Rollins over. I'd like to see that happen as part of it. You know, that would be cool. But here's the truth. like, I put this as the main thing to talk about from Crown Jewel. This isn't even interesting. Like, You know how much better this event would be if they actually had the best current wrestlers in WWE in it, as opposed to these guys. Like you have McIntyre and Ziggler, Rollins and Ambrose, Andrade, Cien Almas, Wait, wait. You Daniel just named, Bryan.
0: You just named the first four names. All you have to do is watch Raw every week, watch them wrestle each other four times. So maybe, maybe, but, they maybe,
1: but maybe they're fighting SmackDown guys, and, and it's it's all mixed up, and they're not not all on the Raw side. Again, I'm just saying, like this could have been something cool, and instead it's just let's get celebrity names that people know to fight each other in as many matches as possible. Yeah. And by the way, this card is light. Like I'm sure they're going to add stuff to it. Maybe there'll be a tag team title rematch and whatever, but this this card sucks. Like
0: it's Yeah, I'm out on it. I I don't know why I was optimistic about it. I'm I'm officially out right now and not caring about and being excited about this. No, it's going to suck, you're right. It's 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 bad. Yeah. Okay,
1: let's move on to something that was at least better than this. Smackdown 1000 on Tuesday night, and BC, I got to book the show, I got to book the damn show this week, I left Monday Night Raw out of the main event, you guys have been waiting for it for a long time, Silver King got it done, we're talking Smackdown 1000, three words, did it deliver?
0: There was a reason why you left Raw, because Raw was deplorable this week in the direction that they decided to I go. I disagree with that. Oh, that's, go ahead. that's a, that's a, what, you liked Raw this week? Didn't say I liked it, but it was not deplorable. Keep going. Let's talk SmackDown 1000. I think you liked it. I think you liked it. There are parts of it I liked. Yeah, there's parts of it, but you can't come out of Raw going, oh, yeah, it's a pretty good episode. You have to come out of Raw going, what the hell are they doing?
1: It was not. So the last three weeks, we have very much enjoyed Raw, right? Prior to that, it was terrible. This was not going back to the terrible. Uh, If the last three weeks were a 7 of 10 and prior we were a 3 of 10, This is like this week was like a five of ten.
0: All right. Anyway, SmackDown, one thousand. Meanwhile, you shoehorned Raw into the main event. Good for you. Uh, Well, SmackDown, one thousand. Did it deliver? It it did. It did. It did. Because the expectations were low, I'll say. Because they didn't throw out too many callbacks to to old names and then put them in meaningless situations that didn't matter, which is, was a lot of what Raw 25 was. Let's get as many faces on there but not really do anything with them. Because they underserved the promotion of it, it ended up being surprisingly good. I mean, Vince coming out and shutting up his kids and dancing with our truth on paper is going to be bad. Yet, it delivered. It was fun. It was great. There ended up being a lot of those moments. And... I left the show with a really bad taste in my mouth, unfortunately, because of the Undertaker segment and this long entrance he comes out and gives almost the same damn promo. He gave the night before on Raw. Look, if Undertaker hadn't been on TV in a while, Adam, then him coming out on Smackdown 1000 to close the show would have meant something. Him coming out for this long entrance to say that Triple H is going to rest in peace at Crown Jewel. Stop. Stop, you know, you think, bring out Teddy Long for five minutes. Give us that. <laughs> but look, besides that, it worked. I, I mean, but, it worked. This was pretty fun. It mixed old with new fairly well. I do think that there's a chance that
1: and we'll get to this specifically, but that the Batista evolution segment went long and cut into the Undertaker's promo at the end of the show. I think there's a very good chance. Probably because
0: I felt like Batista was was shooting for a while before I realized he what, was. He, what he was actually doing. But he was still shooting.
1: I mean, he, he went beyond probably what he was supposed to do. Um, the Taker thing really put a bad taste in my mouth to end the show, particularly when you could have ended it. And I agree with you on the rest, so I'm not going to repeat myself. Particularly when you could have ended it with one of the best segments we have had in WWE in quite some time, cutting Edge with Edge and Becky Lynch, Brian. I used to say Seth Rollins was the best thing going in WWE. Becky Lynch is the best thing going in WWE. Her response to Edge, calling him out, talking about him breaking his neck again. Holy crap.
0: Just just as a reminder, you may remember uh, three episodes ago or whenever it was right after she turned heel where I said, I screamed to the heavens, Becky heel. Becky Lynch is the best thing going in WWE. And you countered with, she shouldn't be a heel. She's not a heel. She shouldn't be a heel. So I'm glad that you're finally hearing Jimmy because that That's was awesome.
1: not what I said. What, I, what we discussed, and you, you keep doing this, what we discussed was, the question at the time was, was this a full heel turn for Becky or are they booking her more as a badass face? You were correct in saying that you thought it was a full heel turn and you were going to see where they went with it before crapping on it. I said I was enjoying it, but I thought
0: that they had transitioned away from full heel well, to no, more of badass. Face. You're talking about that episode. Let's not forget the weeks before that when you said that this was one of the worst decisions they ever made to turn her heel. When they
1: had Becky Lynch, when they had Becky Lynch out there crapping on the fans and trying to rewrite history that the fans didn't support her, when they that's all they have done. It was freaking awful. They haven't done that since. Now she's an overconfident badass who has heel tendencies more than face tendencies. This version of her is great. What they did that week in the ring where she came out and said, well, the fans never believed in me. and It was BS, man. It was terrible. Yes, I stand by that. You can't tell me that was good. It was stupid.
0: Uh, no, I, I can't say that was good because they were going somewhere with it. They are going in a new direction. Anyway, they got they it right now. went away now, from that direction. And even Silver Hedge is on board, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah. And I love that she ripped Edge because of our sort of silent beef with Edge right now when he blew off our podcast mid-podcast. <laughs> we never actually told that story. Edge was promoting whatever Viking show he was doing. We agreed to have him on the show to promote that said Viking thing last year. I think it was Nick and I were there when he called up. We got two questions in. We made him laugh. Everything was great, and then out of nowhere, you hear a click on the other end. PR person jumps on, says, "I don't know where he is. I'll be right back." Comes back on. You can hear Edge talking to her, and she's like, "Um, yeah. Um, I don't know where he is." I'm like, "No, I just heard his voice." And uh, we never agreed to do a podcast. Um, he's uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Edge. Thank you. You know what you could have done, Edge? You could have promoted your damn show, which is the point of us talking to you. Right. And we would have puffed your bag, and we would have talked about great moments. And
1: the the guy who does a
0: podcast doesn't want
1: to be on a podcast? Well, what sense does that make?
0: (sighs) That was – so, you know, Edge, we got to – maybe we're starting a a, uh, hit list here with Bret Hart and Edge, you know, or – I do – I will say what I really appreciated about the segment
1: is it was so much deeper than Becky crapping on Edge and, like – being her new self, which was great. That was a huge part of it. It was great. It was also like the full character arc of Edge, who like now at an older age, and removed from wrestling, regrets all the terrible things he did in WWE and how the ends didn't justify the means. And I thought that was awesome. Like, I don't know if they really, how deep they thought about it or if Edge just kind of was like, this is what I'm going to say when I go out there. But if you do think about the Edge character, him being away for so long and coming back and he's trying to talk Becky out of doing what, he did that made him so successful, It's that's really good writing. Like WWE oh, doesn't great. write like that.
0: No, the the, the the weaving of old with new on this episode was really strong, and obviously she delivered the line of the week there about his neck, the, the line of the month. I mean, there were parts of this that were really well done. You wish Raw 25 could have been like this. It was an overcooked mess. I know Enzo's firing changed some things, but man, remember when w- when Raw 25 started off at like a you know yeah. 37 a on a 1 to 10 and then yeah. went yeah. down one notch Re- every real quick minutes. before we move
1: on from this show what was worse the undertaker's promo at raw 25 or the undertaker's promo at smackdown
0: 1000 1000 because it's the same thing the night before and it's a feud that's going in the wrong direction and it's like it made no sense at raw 25 but at least he's in the old arena dressed as original undertaker I don't know what he said in Raw 25. He basically kind of retired for the second straight time after the Reigns match. By the way, do you know, see in reports out there now on the Dirt Sheets? Reports, Wrestle, WrestleMania 35, Undertaker will have final match. I'm done. I'm done. I don't care.
1: It doesn't matter. He can, he can keep wrestling or stop wrestling No, he can stop time. wrestling. That's what it he do. It doesn't matter. Okay? But you're Actually,
0: wrong. Actually, on our hit list, it's Bret Hart, it's Edge, it's Taker, <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's Kane, all right? And it's Kane, because Kane ruined 2018 WWE for us.
1: Um, but you're wrong. The Raw 25 promo... It made no sense. It ha- It was. It was by far the worst. It makes no sense of all. Of them. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Ranking in order, Raw twenty five was worst. The worst. The prepackage on Raw Monday night was the second worst, and SmackDown was third. And the fact that two of those were in the same week, WWE's playing itself. I know that they went. Um, like
0: you mentioned, they probably ran out of time because Batista went way long. But what's that meeting like anyway? What's that meeting like in Gorilla? Oh, just go tell uh, Triple H you've got three words for him. Well, boss, we just (laughs) said that last night. You know, like, like is there is there any quality control? Well, who knows? But they might be paying him
1: a hundred grand to be there. So if they have fifteen seconds at the end of the show, hey, maybe maybe walk down the ramp a little faster. You know, then you'll have fifteen extra seconds. You know, couple more things to talk about here with SmackDown. One thousand. You know, Evolution showed up, BC, and. I had no expectations for this. And the entire segment honestly blew me out of the water. I thought it was, it wasn't overly scripted, obviously, which was great. It was well executed by all four of them. Randy Orton was the sneaky MVP on the entire thing. I don't think a lot of people realized everything that he did throughout. Um, Like this was a home run. Evolution was never even really on SmackDown. So I always found, found that interesting that they saved, the reunion for here, obviously, Batista wanted to come back to WWE, be on TV, especially in his hometown, at a big show. That was cool that they allowed him to do it. What did you think of this evolution,
0: segment? Everything about it fired me up, and I had low expectations. I was intrigued. I've been a little watered down by too much nostalgic Triple H of late. Like, but Just for the record, when Triple H comes out as the corporate destroyer guy, like the whole feud with Roman Reigns, by the way, looking back, he's fantastic in that. Like, I mean, Triple H is really good at being... 48-year-old Triple H and having his mania match each year for whatever we say about the booking. Triple H reforming DX and doing this crap with... No, I don't want anything to do with that. So when he comes out for this, I was like, oh, we're just going to switch gimmicks. Then they all won me over for everything you just said. Even Flair that I had fear about for his current state, right? Like, his current state is not where he was one year ago. He could come out and rip a, a promo and all that. Everything was great. Orton being the cocky prick was fantastic, and then Batista, and he took you on a lot of emotion through this speech. In emotion meaning, I'm like, is he shooting? And then for parts of it, I'm like, this is awful. Then for parts of it, I'm like, just get off the mic. Why are you taking over anybody's time? But he addressed things like Blue Tista and Boutista. I popped for that. And for him to go on that long rant, which really felt like he was angry at WWE and just was like, screw your time frame. This is my yes. time. For him to bring that back around into obviously what was a set-up promo, for possibly a Mania match, knowing the last two years, anytime Batista does a shoot interview, he says, I'm only coming back to WWE if I can get a Triple H match and each time he would say that I'd be like, I don't want to see that at Mania you know what now? I want to see that at Mania! That was perfection the way they set it up and for me kind of being oddly down on Triple H entering this segment his facials were perfect perfect I now care about that match because of a 32nd scenario that was just handled with so much pro wrestling and not sports entertainment just facials the way you deliver this whole thing was a monster score. You know what what I say to start this that Undertaker pissed me off but Smackdown 1000 was okay. No, Smackdown 1000 ruled. I'm changing that back. Way well done on <laughs> Tuesday night. They could have ended
1: with either the Cutting Edge or the Evolution segment and it would have we would have Instead of saying it was – I thought it was a 7 of 10. It was a really good episode. It was, it was fun. Uh, it would have been a 9 because those segments were just gold. Uh, first of all, Triple H was great in that segment. Flair was pretty funny and limited, which was nice. You know, Flair would normally dominate those in the past. He didn't get to do it here. Batista, a guy who doesn't like to talk, who wears the sunglasses because it kind of blinds him and, and shades him from everything. He doesn't like having the mic basically just went on his like longest career rant and maybe one of his best promos ever in just having done it. You see the difference in WWE between being fully scripted and being partially scripted. And Batista was partially scripted and he definitely took liberties beyond probably what they wanted him to do. But they basically said, you need to hit these three things. He went out there, they gave him the freedom. He hit the three things and he nailed it. Okay. Um, To go back and talk briefly, there's two things I have to talk about Randy Orton. First of all, the guy's facial expressions are top tier. Batista saying that he has more talent in his pinky than most people on the roster do. Not only is that accurate, by the way, um, it was shown off in that segment. And what you probably didn't notice at the end of the segment, when Batista and Triple H hugged, Randy Orton made believe he was going to RKO them. He like leaned in just for a second. And then smiled and backed off. The camera caught it directly. And it's one of the best little nuggets of WWE that I've seen in quite some time. It would have been my feel spot if we were going to do a full segment on that this week. But, you know, we do have a bonus DM slide. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? From John Dumphy at J O N Dumphy68. Basically, he, you know, to wrap it up, he's begging the question Do wrestling fans really care if Batista comes back to fight Triple H at WrestleMania, which obviously you alluded to a minute ago, or you discussed a minute ago, and they alluded to in that segment. If you told me, you know, three years ago that they would have cared, I'd tell you no. Batista is a mega movie star now in one of the biggest comic book franchise movies that there is. And the fans, even before he did the hometown pop, for you know, where were they? DC? Yeah. Uh, even before he did that, they were all over Batista. And do you know why they were? Because Batista publicly simply said, I want to come back to WWE because I, what he said in the ring, because I want to entertain the fans and I want to have one swan song. And if that means doing house shows as well, I'll do it. I want to go through the process one more time. And they would not have him back. They finally gave in, it seems, not just to getting him on TV for SmackDown, but giving him the match that he wants, and the fans appreciate
0: it. That's all it takes. So I think they'll yeah. go nuts. Yeah, this is a far cry from tight pants, Batista, <laughs> Blutista getting booed out of the building. But they got to keep this up, which is playing off of real life things. And that's, that's a big part of what made the Ronda and Nikki Bella segment on Raw great that we're going to talk about. And I think it's part of what made this segment. And yeah, people will care heading into Mania if you play on the real life part of it if batista says look i'm this big movie star and you guys aren't welcoming back like you would kill yourselves to have the rock on for 5 minutes right but right. but i'm a guy that 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 can't get that same love and then i think also and it, and it may be messy because do you have to are you going to play triple h as the heel here or are you going to play him yes. as the face i think there's a chance for batista to to play against the crowd if they want to go in that direction and if they want to let him be on full shoot promo work at all times shooting against everybody, this could get interesting because the fans haven't always been great to him. So this it would be interesting.
1: See, I, I think you have to make him a face because they tried to bring him back as a face last time and ended up needing him to be a heel because they turned on him. This time they're welcoming him back. So run with the face part of it.
0: Let's also not. Well, forget well, if he healed not- out on them, he would end up getting cheered and become a, a badass face, right?
1: But you don't need that much turn for him. He's coming back. He's going to maybe have one match. Just roll with the face stuff. Don't forget, the last time they brought Batista back, they were going to put, I think, I think, if I remember the reporting correctly, they were going to put the title on him instead of having Daniel Bryan in the main event match that fans wanted him. It's the same reason why Roman Reigns started getting booed. They were never going to cheer Batista when he's brought in to take the main event WrestleMania spot that the fans wanted Daniel Bryan to have. So they tried it twice. It backfired both times because the the fans freaking want to cheer Daniel Bryan. So that's why it didn't work. They didn't hate Batista. They hated that Batista was taking Daniel Bryan's spot. That's it. That's so fair. now you got him back. The fans are happy to see him. Quick thing. Were you disappointed that The Rock couldn't have done what John Cena did, a selfie promo for five minutes on the show?
0: No. I'd rather – look, I hate that crap. I, I, the quality on these selfie promos just is a drop down. John's hair is weird. To me, that that, <laughs> that doesn't do anything. We already Cena's already in our life all the time. Rock's either going to be there or he's not. I like that he saves – his appearances to be really special when he came on Raw that one time in Miami and did that incredible, you know, like live. I was there. Just, I was there with Nick. I mean, that's you know, that was a moment. I like that he reserves his moments for actual moments, except for that Eric Rowan seven second match. They, they, that's a disrespect. That's just Brian. Dis- the show. The show's named after him. That's just a disrespect to the business. Yeah, but look, he's a bit. Look, but my point is, he's a busy dude and he doesn't whore out for them, and I think that's really important.
1: I was disappointed. I, I thought a tweet is ridiculous. You could tape a video with your phone. I I, I think that his face should have been on the show. It's called SmackDown. That's funny. okay. That's funny. last thing. Last thing coming out of SmackDown. Big show turned heel for the thousandth time. Did that make any sense
0: to you? No, it, it, no. I mean, he's healthy again. No, It. what? Why is he with the bar? Like, what does that mean? What? unless this is I think? And it's got to be a Survivor Series thing.
1: I I suppose it is, but I look at them and I'm like, how is this not the like riot squad ripoff of but Ron Strowman and Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler?
0: And why would they need the help? It's It's the same thing. It's that's yeah, it's it's lame. It's really lame. That's
1: one of the that's so. While the rest of the show I thought was very good, that's one of the worst things I have seen in quite some time. That's just me. BBC got a lot of show left. Let's move on to Hero or Zero. <laughs> Not prepared. Here we go. Brian, let's move on to Hero or Zero. <laughs> I didn't plan to go Lightning Round Edition. Truth is, we've had so many technical difficulties here. I don't even know how long the show has been. We're just going to do regular Hero or Zero and see what happens. BC, we saw a six man tag again between the shield, Strom, and Ziggler, McIntyre. I think it's the third time in the last two weeks that we have seen that match. But this time, there were some different developments in the match. And at the end, Hero or Zero, that this rivalry has already run its course.
0: Uh, Yeah, a hero, and this is a massive zero in terms of the way this was presented on Monday Night Raw. This was so gratuitous, lack of ideas, going back to the well one more time. We'd already been saying, you're wearing us out by letting these guys wrestle each other every single week. It's the bar versus Rollins and Ambrose, was it? All over again from last year, and for them to come back this week and not only produce the same main event, as a week before but to come back this week and give us three separate matches involving these guys it doesn't matter that the quality of matches were were good they weren't as good as the week before but it doesn't matter at this point this is lazy and this is the interlocking storyline that is the foundation for the whole show to stretch this out into boy cry wolf over and over again on this ambrose turn some of the ways they handled it were were good if they hadn't already teased this for weeks upon weeks. So at 9 o'clock, Ambrose is for the Shield. Then the next segment, he's not. And then at 10.15, he's back for the Shield. Then to close the show, he's not. Like it's such, And then to bring in the heel side of it and now essentially have the Ambrose storyline going on with McIntyre, it's obvious that you have nothing else. So you're just, for ratings purposes, because you hope when people turn it on, they say, oh, look, look, there's, there's Ziggler and there's Reigns and there's Rollins. I'm going to stay with this show. What's the redeeming factor in here? They've stretched out and watered down this entire situation. This was really bad, Adam, and it really left a bad taste in my mouth. And really was like a one step forward, two steps behind thing on how good Raw had been lately, which really wasn't great. Just was in comparison to how bad it was before. Monster Zero.
1: Well, no. So it's a, hero, it's a hero to the
0: question that the rivalry is run its yeah, course. Yeah, you and inverted the question weirdly, but it's zero. Well, you can,
1: you can try answering the questions.
0: You know. I, actually, I started but, the segment by saying hero to your question, but that's fine that you didn't listen. You it's said zero at the end. Run.
1: No, I actually did hear it this time at the beginning, but you said zero at the end. Um, I actually agree with you completely uh, in that, yes, this rivalry is run its course, hero. Uh, I'm done with it. I don't need these six still wrestling and getting into it and the will they turn, won't they turn, so on and so forth. That said, Man, they put McIntyre over strong on Monday night. They didn't let him lose. They allowed him to hit the Claymore on Braun twice. He was the one standing at the end, not Braun.
0: But what does I mean, it matter they're, when they're When when Brian, there's no Brian, resolution, dude. It's the same. So everyone gets a turn. Get going over strong. Who cares? Not everyone gets a turn. Rollins doesn't. Ziggler doesn't.
1: Reigns really. Oh, Reigns dead. Um. But Ambrose has, and now McIntyre has. And if we are getting sick of the, is Braun a face or a heel? Will he ever beat Roman? Who really cares? I think he's a cartoon character now. I'm sick of Braun. You know who we're not sick of is Drew McIntyre. And you know who we've wanted pushed, who you've been all in. Oh, I'm all in. Are you all in? You know who you've been all in for? Is Drew McIntyre since he returned to the Raw roster. They put him over huge on Monday night. I loved that development, but and I like not the going idea. It's anywhere. It's a
0: convoluted I, mess.
1: And I, you know, of course it's convoluted. And I like the idea, in theory, that they're using the Will Ambrose turn to swerve you into forgetting about, well, what about McIntyre on the other side? I like that in theory. The problem, as you said, not to repeat too much, is that, yeah, like, they teased Ambrose four times on Monday, four times the prior Monday, and three times the Monday prior to that. Stop teasing us.
0: They also teased once. us on McIntyre like two weeks ago. It's, it's, it's tired. I can't believe you like this. This is tired crap. I like again,
1: I liked the ending. I liked that they put McIntyre over. That was a redeeming quality to a segment that otherwise, and a show in, regarding these guys, that was otherwise not redeeming. And to be critical, why are you having Ambrose fake or almost put Rollins in dirty deeds if he's not going to hit it? Why
0: would he go that far? I don't have an answer for any of this. Like, where is this feud going? It's tying up all the titles. There's no end game outside of something's going to happen at Survivor Series. They've blown I don't it. I want is... this. I don't want this on a five
1: on five. It's Like, are they going to do Shield and Kurt Angle plus one other person versus? Dogs of War plus Baron Corbin and one other person. Who the hell wants to see that at Survivor Series?
0: I think you do because you liked Raw this week, and I don't get it. I don't get Again, it. Again, I didn't like Raw. I you did. I got. A, I got proof. I got an email or something that says you liked Raw. I, I do. I got proof. All right. You can't. I mean, I, you can't do that. You can't change. you I can't. Didn't hedge. Think it was bad. You can't hedge live in the middle of the show. This is what Thanos Backlund is talking about. You can't block me right now. All right.
1: I, I said, er, Brian. I said earlier. I thought it was like a 5 of 10 show. It had redeeming qualities to it. It was this was not this was not the crap raw of a month ago and two months ago. You can't say that. There were good parts of it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed parts of the show. I enjoyed the ending, as I just said. I loved something we'll talk about momentarily.
0: You said you said on our inside baseball Slack air that they've run the same match 3 times and it's been different and better every time. The match.
1: Yeah. Did you not like that match last week and this week?
0: The last match. week was really good, and we praised it. This week, it, it, it wasn't as good, and then it almost doesn't oh, matter. It was, because
1: It was really good.
0: If the storyline is, bo- story is so boring and convoluted. The match quality is really good. Right, but you lose the ability for us to pop for that. When it's the same crap every single time, and this is a never-ending feud that has that the- no story besides that one member on each team might turn, but then they don't turn.
1: I agree that the Ambrose thing has is completely convoluted and has totally run its course. I like the McIntyre stuff.
0: I think I you just got caught in a hedge there. I, th- I think it. I think it happened again. But we got you know we we got to roll on
1: for this. This coming from a guy who really does hedge more than anyone else. You, not me. What well, name a hedge? Name you... one hedge.
0: Go ahead. What do you got? Everything. Name, name Everything. one. Name one. The Becky stuff. The
1: Becky. stuff. You don't stuff. hedge. You don't hedge. You try calling out hedges that aren't hedges. The that's Becky what you stuff do.
0: Uh, from day one. You, I loved it. You you, you, were... you
1: put words. You put words into people's mouths that they don't say. That's your. That's what you do. I don't know what to call that. I don't have a slang term for that. That. That will catch on, but that's what you do. You do it to How me all the
0: time. Shut up but let me talk for a minute, okay? Oh, wow, this guy's getting fired up. All right, Adam, Hero or Zero, lightning round number two. <laughs> WWE's all-women Evolution pay-per-view is, uh, let me check my watch, just over a week away, and only four main roster matches have been set. Hero or Zero, that Evolution is already a failure before it has even started? Who wrote this question? Is it I? What do you got, Hero or Zero? Hero.
1: This is a failure. It's a failure for so many reasons. One, the proximity to blood in the sand. All right. That's number one. Number two, this is supposed to be a show. As it's be it's called, it's literally called Evolution. So this is supposed to be a show about how far the WWE women's division has come. And there is one legitimate WWE, you know, current roster match, Becky versus Charlotte. We don't have Sasha Banks booked on the show. We don't have Bailey booked on the show.
0: They will. We have. They will.
1: Oh, oh, oh okay. Excuse me. I'm t- talking about today. All right. We don't have. We have Asuka in a women's battle royal. We have Ember Moon, I think, in the same battle royal. We have Natalia not on the show. She may. It's looking like they're going to do what? A six woman tag? Natalia, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. What sense does that make against the Riot Squad? Okay. What this should have been is a pay per view built around real women's storylines. And what we are getting instead. Is we are being shown, just like we suspected when we talked about this on SmackDown on Raw a year or so ago, they can book one storyline at a time. They can book Ronda Nikki Bella on Raw, and they can book Becky Lynn Charlotte on SmackDown. There is no good reason that this can't be like a men's pay-per-view where maybe there's not a mid-card title, we know this, but where there are mid-card level feuds. There's no reason that Sasha Bailey is not happening on the show. That should have happened, obviously, at SummerSlam as well, or Hell in a Cell, any other event. There's no reason that match isn't happening. There's no reason there's not other legitimate one-on-one or tag team feuds. There's no reason they didn't bring the women's tag team titles into existence when they've set up all these tag teams of women on both brands. They, it seems like they were ready to go and just didn't execute it. Instead, we're getting a battle royal with all these women thrown into it. Who cares? I don't care if Ivory's on the show or Tori Wilson's there. That's not evolution. That's going back to the Women's Royal Rumble where we saw them all. Good for them. I'm glad they got to do that. This is a waste of time. Hero. It's it's a failure before it started.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh some parts of that I can agree with, uh that well they're trying to book some things, they're just not trying hard enough. I mean the Trish and Lita Practice Allen Iverson thing was was a debacle. I mean oh, Corey Gra- Corey Graves' uh, uh, line about Allen Iverson rolling over in his grave was hilarious. I mean that in, in the worst, it was a repeat of the segment from the week before. So maybe you're right on that. I mean they're trying some storylines, but the problem, you know, Tamina Snooker coming back. I kind of like some of her attacks that she had, but the problem is then they <laughs> then they ruin that then they ruin that by just making it all about the battle royal and everybody's throwing each other over the top, and you're like. Uh, like if they actually brought back Tamina, in which they in try to like remember when Lana was her manager for a week and you thought she was going to get a push. If they actually tried to build up Anaya versus Tamina, giant versus giant. Field, yes, like when they had yes. that stare down on Monday, I, I caught the feels for a second. I was like, yeah, I want to see this because I don't know. Tamina's not as bad. Like she's a she's a laughing stop punch line, but she's not actually that bad in reality. She's, she's not she's, that bad. She's bad when she tries to do the splash off the top rope like her dad, but she's not that bad. But um. Ryan, you can have Sasha Bailey, you can have Tamina
1: Naya, you can build a real women's card here, and it doesn't take a lot of brain power to do it. They chose not to
0: use if it. If they don't use next week's Raw as a way to announce the first like, hey, evolution is such a step forward, and also a step forward is the first ever women's tag team title match, and it's gonna be Sasha and Bailey against Absolution or whatever, then I'll I'll double back with you and But really- they could have
1: done they could have done like a five match tournament. With yes. with one, two, three, four. With but eight I you know, cannot say four tag it's a teams.
0: failure. I can't go full hero that it's a failure before it started. And that's because where Ronda and Nikki are now, which is a good transition, if any.
1: Fine. Third part of the main event it is a failure before it started. Uh third part of the main event here, Ronda Rousey. Or Hero went... Zero. But that's fine. It's not a big <laughs> Did game. I say main event? Man, this is it's been a long day for me. The third part of Hero or Zero here, Ronda Rousey went in on the Bella Twins during Raw Monday night. She called them out for having no talent, do nothing Bellas, that B stands for something else, uh, and said Nikki's only real move was knocking down the door to John Cena's bedroom. BC, hero or zero, to whether this segment was as good as many are saying it was. Talent
0: is not sexually transmitted. uh, it was fantastic. This segment was so damn good. This segment was so damn good, it was actually the best representation of Ronda Rousey yet. Now, when I tweeted that, I got killed by half the people, and I get why they killed me, because Ronda was really bad at the beginning of this segment. Correct. The the decision to present her as, why are they all against me, was just crap. But this thing went from zero to zero, to 60 faster than you erroneously blocking Thanos Backlund for really no reason at all. This thing got so good. And why did it get so good? Because it played on real life things. Nikki's allowance to let Rhonda dig that deep on her really put Rhonda in the best light I've ever seen. And you gotta give Rhonda credit for nailing the end of it when she was actually almost breaking down. You almost saw tears in her eyes. She was so intense delivering the I've kicked down all the doors. You know, that, that whole speech that she did, I thought her performance was fantastic. They got me fired up. I even liked the cheesy gimmick of send, of the Bellas being heels and instead sending out the security crew and letting Ronda beat the crack out of them. Now, the last security guy overacted so badly and it almost ruined <laughs> the segment, but what the underlying principles were exactly what I wanted. And you wanted coming in here, which is let's play up the old guard divas against the new generation of actual athletes and wrestlers. And Nikki nailed it. When she did that, that Bundy shuffle thing she does at the end, she did it with so much spite and sex in her eyes that it it nailed it. It was, I mean, first of all, I I mean, first of all, but it, nailed it. It nailed the point of what they're trying to do. The writing was brilliant. She's the last remaining one from the Divas era and she protected that by pointing out all the things that her reality show does, putting girls in the crowd, all that stuff. I could not have been more fired up. And anybody that came out of that segment and were only caught up in the beginning of it, I I think you missed the boat. This was a monster hero. I get that there's a counter take that why can't the Bellas have the same level of of hot shooting on Ronda and the Holly home knockout. You know why guys, because Ronda is kind of soft in certain ways. And I guarantee she wouldn't allow it. And well, anyone that, well, would, no, well, anyone no, that no. followed or covered her in MMA would definitely agree with that.
1: Well, actually, so I just want to clarify something. They have mentioned that on WWE TV. They've, let, Ste- they've let Stephanie, Stephanie softly
0: did. mention it.
1: And when Ronda walked out during super showdown, I think they mentioned that this was the arena that she lost in the stadium, right? Or the city, whatever the case.
0: Melbourne, Melbourne. Right, but the point is, if you're going to say you only got to where you got because you slept with John Cena and Daniel Bryan, they should be able to come back and be like, "Hey, last two times I saw you in the Octagon, to get knocked out within a minute right. and a half." You know so, what I'm saying? So, so, like,
1: so you know what? There is another week, and
0: maybe they, they come out with
1: it next week, and she snaps on them and goes crazy.
0: Well, so we do have. No- I think you can counter and say, if you're WWE, you you shouldn't ever go there because it's really going to compromise Ronda's it. character. But I think even more importantly, it's Ronda who says no anyway. It's a hero, and if you can't see that, you're blind.
1: So, no, you're right. I mean, it's a massive, massive hero. Uh, Hearts in my eyes. uh, You know, I put that emoji on Twitter for Rhonda here. Really great. I have to say, though, you you said it. The segment would have been so much better if the first half was not overly scripted. You can't have Rhonda use words that are not in her normal vocabulary. And I'm not saying Rhonda, anyone, any wrestler, any performer, anyone on the show, if they would not normally say words that you are writing for them and make references, okay, and f- use phrases, and you have to script those for them, it doesn't sound natural. You can tell it's scripted, and it's going to fall flat on the audience because you're trying to go well, – you're not trying to you're, trying to. you're trying to You're trying to write well, but you're, what you're ultimately doing is going over the audience's head when a more simplistic, direct word or phrase would do better. And that's what they did with the first half of her promo. It was unacceptable that they wrote it that way. And what you saw over the second half of her promo, just like with Batista over the second half of his promo, is that when you allow someone to work, shoot, or, or speak from the heart and from the hip, as opposed to go line by line for what you wrote for them, it comes across better. It comes across more real. This is the Ronda Rousey we have always wanted. We've seen glimpses of it. The second half of that from her... And the entire segment from Nikki Bella was as home run of a hero as you could possibly get on par with Becky Lynch Tuesday night on SmackDown. It was so really strong scripting.
0: And that's why I actually can't call it a failure because I'm so and I've been really saying it for a while. I'm so into this feud, the idea of it, the star power of it. And now we have the great story to, to really back with it. Bree's great in this role when she's a supporting act. Everything about this. Make it the main event. No, it will be, but again, it, it will be the main no, event. No, no,
1: it shouldn't be the main Well, it shouldn't, it will be, but it shouldn't be. But again, BC, this is what I'm saying. They're doing one thing perfect on both shows with the women. On a pay per view, on a regular men's or normal mixed pay per view, there's at least four or five good yeah, things. Booked it be
0: a, look, you're right, but it's, but I don't think the show's a failure.
1: But no, but that's why it is a failure. Cause if you're going to say something's the first ever, it needs to deliver and you need to be promoting what it is. It's called evolution. It's not called. Some other BS name that, they're, that they just attached and made it a women's show. They're trying to say, look how far we've come. And they're not booking or writing like they've come very far. at
0: all. Well, we're going to get an NXT match on there. We're going to get uh... – I'm talking main roster.
1: No one – listen. The casual fan does not know who the NXT UK women are. They probably don't know who the NXT women are. I don't, I don't even know what else is on there. There's oh, the Mayon Classic Finals. Most WWE fans aren't watching those. I'm excited to have them. They're going to be great matches. Top to bottom, the card I expect to be very good. But from the main roster, they've only booked two matches of any consequence. And when you have Sasha Banks and Bayley and Natalia and Ruby Riot and all these other women on the show, you need to do better. Otherwise, oh, wow. you haven't come very far.
0: I haven't seen you this mad since you blocked Thanos and lit up my slack with F-bombs. I really haven't seen you this angry.
1: Well, just like that, it started bad, and I did something to correct it and make it better, just like the Rhonda segment.
0: I'd say don't unblock Thanos. Don't do not do it. Don't do it. I, if I'm Thanos, I will not let you unblock him out of protest for <laughs> you going zero to, to sensitive for no reason whatsoever. He called you on a silver hedge. That's your gimmick. He called you on your damn gimmick. He didn't call me on anything.
1: He tried to fake something like you do every single time you call something that word wow. or that wow.
0: phrase. Wow. Hey, uh, number four on lightning round here zero. It appears as if WWE is teasing a couple strange raw feuds. And Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley, and Apollo Cruz versus Elias. Hero or zero? To whether you care at all about where these are going and what these might be.
1: So I'm gonna surprise you a little bit and say hero. And so I think they're doing the Finn Balor thing to just feed someone to Bobby Lashley, which is so depressing. Well, it's not it's depressing, just so depressing.
0: If, if Lashley looks get this good with with uh, Leo Rush right now.
1: But it's depressing that they put Finn Balor in that spot. It's just because it's the same spot it seems. Like they're putting Apollo Crews in with Elias. The difference there is, holy crap, Apollo Crews is on TV without Titus. He actually cut a decent promo and, and he bested Elias. And even though that's fleeting and it'll probably get turned around very quickly on him, um, I found that interesting that, wow, Apollo Crews is on TV and he's doing something. That's kind of cool. Uh, whereas with Balor, it just kind of seems like they're going to... And again, I'm I'm really projecting here off something that was 15 seconds long. It just seems like they're going to feed Finn to Bobby Lashley. And he's just going to fall even further down this hole of suckiness that they've put him in. So I'm going to say hero for the Apollo cruise part, but
0: I mean, crap, man,
1: what is, what are they doing?
0: Um, yeah, uh, the Apollo Cruz they ruined him. They They does nothing for me and uh, he's not on Elias's level. So I'm completely against that. And I got a few DMS. that I'm not going to read from people that are really into it. And that's fine. If you are, I'm really into Bobby Lashley and Leo rush. I know what they actually think about Finn. So the idea of Finn versus Bobby Lashley, I think they can make some really sneaky good matches. Plus, I'd rather see this any day over Finn teaming with Bayley and getting that on him and going that mixed match challenge direction three weeks in a row. Get that the hell off my TV screen. This is way better. Leo Rush is on MVP level with his performance and his exact role. He's overachieving within his role perfectly. I love it. I love that, but no uh, Apollo. And it, get the get the heck out of here. We
1: we need Finn Balor on SmackDown so bad, so bad. They got to get him off Raw. They're never gonna push him on Monday Night. They have to move him. All right, last part here of Hero Zero. I'm gonna rewrite a DM slide that came in from John O at Boogie Science BC. He wants to know if the timing of the split of the Bullet Club with Jay White joining the firing squad or BCOG, whatever you want to call them. Is just a coincidence, or is it NJPW's insurance policy in case the elite bolt for WWE? Hero or zero to that idea?
0: Wow. Wow. Without the elite, wrestling is boring and it sucks. Um, I'm going to say hero on this because there seems to be a lot of smoke going on right now that you got Meltzer pushing out there, all these reports. And then JPW people are unhappy. You got Tomatonga coming back and saying it's false. This is just uh your way of trying to help those guys raise up their contract price. I don't know who to believe. There's a lot of stuff out there. It would seem to me from the outside looking in that things are really good in the revolution right now. I don't see where especially after something like All In where these guys prove that they don't even need actual promoters. So
1: Well, I was one of that. Come on.
0: Yeah, here we go. Here we That's go. Not, again. I mean, no, I'm just saying, here we go again. Here like... we go. Here That's it
1: is. Not act- Let's not act like all in means that they could run a promotion.
0: Let, let's recap Adam's predictions. That all in wouldn't, wouldn't sell out 10,000. We went 000, through, we went through Jericho this. Jericho would be one and done in the revolution. I that mean, was I could a, go, was wrong I could go on. The and Jericho uh, thing was wrong, but we've gone over the
1: all in. We've made it very clear. We had our investigative reporter listeners prove that I was right about all, not about all in, but that what I said was not wrong about all in, even though you tried to claim it otherwise. Let's not get back into this PC. Why don't you answer the question? What would you claim about all in?
0: We don't have time to go back. What you, well, you Well,
1: no, when we, we first very quickly. When we first discussed it I said no way. Then when we talked about it the second time, when it was announced and when we talked about the period of time and so on, I was like, "Oh yeah, they absolutely will do it." So, you so said hedge.
0: You hedged. This is over, King. It's No, Brian, right,
1: circumstances changed and we discussed it again.
0: Oh, wow. This guy... You
1: already went through this. You already said that you agreed the listener proved I was right. Let's not get into that. I don't, I don't know An- if anyone proved. Answer it. the question.
0: Uh, yeah, it seems to be. It seems it right, but I also think this is you know their own version of the uh, NWO splitting in two with the red and black, with the with with the with the Wolfpack and the white and black. I don't necessarily know where it's going. All I know is for everything I love about the the Revolution, if Kenny Omega, and the Bucks, and Cody leave it cuts the legs right out from under it. I mean, NJPW would still be a thing. It wouldn't be this level of our care, but I just don't believe that these guys are going to go. Could they really be unhappy there? And I'm way off. Probably maybe, but these guys, I mean, all in what would all improve to people was that the very elite of the independent guys that can be so self-made that they never even need to step foot onto WWE's. you know, correct. So if they're at that point, and they're not banged up in 40, why would they go now when they can try to see? No, I mean, sure, you can argue and say their price would never be higher. You know, their value would never be higher than right now. Maybe that's true. Maybe these guys want that. Maybe these guys can barter for the first time a deal that says, I don't have to work the actual WWE schedule. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I'll say hero to that. I'll say hero to that just in case. New Japan's smart. And I know that they have big plans in hopes for expansion in the U.S., and you see it slowly happening. But they also seem to know that their bread is buttered in Japan. And as much as we want, like, Kenny as the champion, it took a while for that to get there, they're still relying on Okada and Ace yeah. and their guys. And they're still reloading and building just in case. We look at it as these Americans and Canadians are the only way that they'll cross over and really make it and compete with WWE where they still look at it as let's protect ourselves in case those guys bolt. So yeah, I'll say a hero to your question.
1: A couple things here. Uh, the first one we, we're going to have to save for another day, but I'm not really loving Kenny as champion right now. Just not really doing it for me. That's another topic for maybe next. Year. What's, what do, um,
0: what's the, what do you not love? It's just not great. that, they, that just, they had a fantastic triple threat match. It's not that really, it's not really
1: appealing to me. It's
0: just not. Um it's not appealing but... to you? What's not appealing about Kenny Omega as the I it's, it's not it's
1: not as good as I thought it would be. It's not as it feels like they waited too long almost. He just it's just strange. Like three... It's it's just my opinion. It's just he how just... I
0: feel. It's... okay, yeah, I, I get it. It's just your opinion. No one no one just it's your account. Nobody could tweet bad things at you. But he just won it in June in the greatest match in pro wrestling history. And oh, the match was awesome. Yeah, the match was great. Okay, and Since he, then and then like, he uh... entered the G1 and he was fantastic. And around that, yeah, he's but he had, didn't have
1: to be champion to do that. But around no, that, he's, he's had
0: some, like, some of the best tag team matches we've ever seen. What the heck's wrong with Kenny Omega's run? I'm just not.
1: I'm just not as. I, I thought I would be really, really, really excited about it, and it's just maybe things will change at the next big. Maybe at Wrestle Kingdom, my tune when I see Tanahashi match, and maybe I'll feel differently. We're but building toward the feel, best,
0: almost the best possible match they can make outside of him versus Kota. This is the second best thing they can do. Him versus, yeah, Ace. I just. It, then it's what's weird. the problem? There's no problem. You're 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 doing the original silver. King. You're silver kinging yourself. No, I'm am I'm not.
1: I'm not saying it's bad. You like you take everything to such extremes that I say. I'm telling you, my opinion is my feeling. For some reason, it's not really working for me. I cannot pinpoint it. I I, I really cannot tell you why. But I was really excited for Omega to be champion, and it's just like it, it's it's great. His matches are still great. But storyline wise, I'm not necessarily feeling anything crazy. The matches to this point, while they've been very good in the ring, I, I, you know, I didn't really like the triple threat, and it's just like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, maybe my expectations were just sky high, and nothing's living up to that because it can't. I don't know. I, I just, I don't feel like it's been that. I thought it'd be oh, more special. The it G one is
0: not way. a stretch where the champion defends his title a lot. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe it just doesn't feel as special as I thought it would and maybe it'll get better very soon. It just I feel weird about it. I don't know. Um but to answer this no, no, question I can hear Jimmy. No. Yes, I can. can hear- I can hear him. So, I mean, I've to to answer this question. I think a lot of the IWC is kind of working itself into a shoot, brother, on this. Um these guys are not leaving. I mean, this will be or yes, if if they go to WWE market here, I am wrong. They're not leaving. Uh I think I don't necessarily think this is njpw creating an insurance policy for them leaving i think it's them creating an insurance policy for those guys not deciding not to go by bullet club which njpw owns the rights to and going by the elite or whatever hell else they want to end up calling themselves so that their merch money and everything that they do and if they do start a promotion or they do start promoting more events they don't get a cut of because bullet club quote unquote isn't appearing on it anymore. So I think it's their way to keep the Bullet Club alive, not from losing the wrestlers, but from losing the wrestlers being affiliated with that brand. So that would be my answer. And to answer the question, that would be a zero. Yes, it's an insurance policy, not for them leaving for WWE. I see a very thin, almost minute chance that they actually leave this year. Do they sign a one-year deal and go next year? Maybe, but BC... I mean, I think there's all in two to do at a minimum. I think they try to do maybe two shows this year. I don't know where it goes. Cody's on Twitter kind of throwing out stuff that sounds like he wants to unionize wrestlers. I have thoughts on that. Them running their own promotion. I don't necessarily think that's a great idea. I don't know where it's going. What I can tell you is I don't see him going to WWE.
0: Yeah. They've changed the business too much. And you just mentioned unionizing, which would be a next step, next level. They're the, there's, they're rewriting the book on, you know, not signing long-term contracts with one promotion so you can kind of bounce around. They want to change what, what, what the landscape looks like. Let's see if they this, can do but it. But
1: this does go back. This does go back to what I said after All In and, and that you mentioned here. When you didn't fully agree with it then, at least I don't think, which is this is a special class of guys. They are the elite of independent wrestlers. And you can throw in Pentagon and a couple of the Japanese guys, too, although they are NJPW talents. But this is a very small subset of independent wrestlers that this works for. Do you really think, like, I don't know, David Starr or Joey Ryan is going to, by unionizing, let's say, or by by teaming up with these guys and turning down a WWE overture, is going to have the same success and money-making potential and ability as they would from going to WWE? I really don't think so. So this does work. These guys have carved out something here. But it's really like like 10
0: dudes. dudes. You always go back to the argument, and I get it, and and in theory, you're right. These guys are the elite of of the elite. They're going to make the money that the others can't, but they're trying to recreate the business. They're trying to change the business away from the current structure, which is sell your soul for the WWE money and actually give away your soul because you're working an insane schedule. You don't have control over your own creative for the most part. They're rewriting a a, a different way where it's a little.
1: Let's get off of the sell your soul stuff. They're taking a. Did you sell your soul to work with CBS? We control what events you go to, BC. We control your creative. Uh, Did you sell your soul to work there for CBS? Go. Dude, I mean, come everybody on.
0: Everybody will say that the WWE schedule is ridiculous.
1: Ev- All of them say that. Do you see so- how much these guys, like the Bucks, and the Bucks are different because they don't do a full schedule, but do you see how much some of these guys travel back and forth to Japan across the country? I mean, dude, they're setting their they're own. They're calling have set their, their own, own schedules. shots.
0: Do you not see this? They're working where
1: they want to. They're... Those guys are. They... The other guys are begging for opportunities. It's different. A rising tide in many cases floats all boats. In this case, I don't think it floats all boats. It floats some boats.
0: WWE is a dictatorship where you play by their rules. And a couple, their company. Like UFC. And a couple people are able to slip through those cracks. And make a little and be a McGregor and make a little bit of rules for themselves, like like a rock or somebody who has leverage. I think that these wrestlers, especially a guy like Cody, who's been on the wrong side of it. Are trying to create something new. Will that be a single promotion? I don't know. Will it be a unified front of Indy promotions? Maybe. Will it be a union? Will it be something? Maybe. So it, it's. I get what you're saying. Well, David Starr is not ever going to make what he could make if he ever got popular enough to go to WWE. But maybe these guys want to be in a different world than WWE a world where you're not working as much and a world where you're have a little bit more control and say as an artist. So you can't always fall back on the money argument and you can't be naive to how absurd the WWE schedule is on your body and your family time. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Then don't come back it's, with did You absurd. sell your soul to CBS. It's not the same comparison. And every listener no, but out in terms of, in terms of your
1: creative and your schedule. We do. If we wanted you to go to every single Showtime bout or every single UFC and Bellator and travel all the time, you wouldn't be home to see your wife and beautiful kids all the time, BC, and you'd hate it. And maybe you'd say, Yeah, I wish I could go work for another organization that wouldn't make me travel so much. But you know what? You'd have to, you'd be making a lot less money. You wouldn't be as prominent. And maybe you don't have In This Corner podcast. I'm just using it as an example that WWE is their schedule is brutal. And they don't offer health insurance. And if they fixed Those two things, a lot of people would think a lot better about them, okay? But they're not that different from most sports leagues, the UFC, NFL. These are organizations that are monopolistic, and wrestling does not need to be that way. And maybe there's a better way, and maybe these guys will figure it out. But there may be a number of wrestlers, at least in the short term, sacrificing money and opportunity and career for something that is really a huge, massive risk. And yeah, you don't have revolutions and independence without taking massive risk. But dude, there are, like I said, 10 dudes up here at the top of the top, and maybe they're able to elevate another 10 right underneath them to get there with them. But for the other hundreds or thousands of dudes, I don't know what this is going to do to change them and to change the industry.
0: That's such a defeated mentality. That's such a. Let's just take what WWE gives us each week as a viewer and not complain. I'm not saying that. I know this but is it's an example of you being of you pulling of you pulling the no. BC it's move. no. It's not. Yes, it I'm is. not putting words in your mouth. It's it's connected to that. It, it's sort of like well, don't take a chance. You know, like no, no, no. These guys. I'm are... not saying not to
1: take a chance. I'm just saying there's a. It's it's a small group that this. I think. I think we're projecting. We're guessing. There's a small group. I think this works for. I don't think it works for everyone. And for most people, even you talk about Finn, right? He's really happy. The money he's making in WWE, he may not like his creative, right? But he seems to be, and he said on interviews, he's damn happy being there. He's not thinking about leaving, right? For a lot of guys, that security, that prominence, that worldwide fame, you're not going to replace that by maybe being in a wrestling union.
0: Okay, but if you cling to wherever the revolution is going. And if that's the elite guys and those guys start doing all in things that if they can make them be a consistent sell, then you're creating more market and you're creating a competition for WWE where you don't have WWE doesn't have to be the end. All the only all it could be somewhere else, which is possibly. Yeah, possibly that's why they're doing it. Yeah, I know.
1: We're just having we're talking about it, man. We're having a discussion, but let's not forget all in who are who are in the main events. Kenny, the Young Bucks, and Cody. I mean,
0: Rightfully those so. those
1: are the big matches.
0: Rightfully so. And Marty, I guess. Marty Jannetty?
1: <laughs> uh, BC, we're, we're not going to do field spots this week. Really quick, just to end the, the show. The field spot, spot was Batista. You won-
0: I mean, come on. I mean, that Triple H, I, yeah. I can't believe. Imagine if you would have told me, like, Tuesday at 7.58, oh, BC, you're going to leave uh, SmackDown 1000 so fired up for a Batista Triple H WrestleMania match. And it's only gonna be like two times staring at each other and one sentence from from uh Batista that gets you there. No chance, I would have believed
1: that. What what was the what was the line of the week from WWE? Was it Monster in the Pants? Was it Nikki's line? Was it Rhonda's line or anything else I'm forgetting about at, at the moment? Or Vince Corey, Wanting Crane.
0: Or... Um it probably was Ronda's line about uh John Cena kicking her out of the, the door, but the delivery on I've done everything in this game. You know, you've done everything. Triple H and puff to puff up. Triple H's bag so hard. You're one of the best ever. Nobody understands, but you haven't beaten me and it's generic and they've used that before. But again, it's about the delivery. It's about the, you know, it's like, it, again, yeah. the, the, the story can be simple, but it's the intensity and the believability. And it, that was the moment right there. It's
1: also that you didn't think he was going there. It's similar to Mark Henry, salmon jacket. It's emotionally. You're invested in like, I almost want to cry for this guy, for Mark Henry, and then he turns and does that. and You're like, whoa! For Batista, it was like, man, I feel this. Like he's genuine. He's really being genuine. Oh my god, he's doing an angle on Triple H. Like that. <laughs> it's it's that little quick swerve that really hits you. What I was gonna say is, since we already kind of had all the feel spot discussions, you said you watched NXT. How damn good was that match? Triple Threat. It
0: was. It was. It was pretty damn good and they've in a stretch lately to be really honest last six months of them giving us regular NXT main events that have absolutely delivered that one had a ton of it with the triple thread and there's a lot of one-on-one action in there a lot of pre-planned spots but it's some of the things where it's like when it's so good you can't complain about it but for as great as that match was with Cole Ricochet Ricochet right yeah yep. Cole Ricochet and in, uh, I think Pete the- done Pete Dunn, I think the opening segment with Dream and Nikki and the Blackheart was next level good. And I think Nikki is just like everything I need. And she always has been. And she's never been too crazy. She's not been crazy enough. And I almost wanted to see her like as part of that match. You know, like she's just so (laughs) damn good.
1: See, see, this is the her being manic like this is good. What I didn't like is how back in the day, this is like now months ago. She would just run to the ring and just go crazy like, like a I don't even know, like a Tasmanian devil, just consistently. It didn't tell me anything. Her being crazy and thinking she has secrets on everyone is character development. I like that. She's great. That angle to open the show and it just kind of ending because it's like, where the hell do we go from here? I loved that like, very much. But the moment from NXT that really it, it tells you what NXT is about compared to the rest of WWE is they played back like the moonsault off the middle rope from Ricochet and the super kick, except they both got him. It was a great callback to oh, that, that match. Oh, that's
0: great. And Man, that NXT, that episode of NXT was great. And I love, I love the long-term build on the who attacked Alistair Black. Is it going to end up being Gargano? Is it going to end up being like, like a, a big swerve surprise that he did that because he wanted to get back at Champus so bad and wanted another title shot that he wanted to remove Black from the picture altogether?
1: I don't know. And I don't know when he's coming back either. I don't know if they've extended it. I mean, it was a groin injury. I almost thought he'd be back already. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they book him for War Games 2. Was it a knee injury? Whether... I thought it was I thought it was a groin. Was it I
0: thought really? he tore his sack. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought that's what it was. Doctor said you need a sacky Uh I, You know, maybe it's a fake injury. Maybe this is all big storyline. Anyway, NXT, <laughs> man, if we can only have good things like NXT, right? We can only yes, have sir. it all the time. Uh, hey, um, I got excited again thinking about that Fox Smackdown deal. And I got excited because I, I, as much as I'm just cranky the last few months and since really since SummerSlam, uh, I'm optimistic that Smackdown going live on Fox on Friday nights at the end of next year, which seems so far away and it really is. It's a year away. Yeah. Is really going to inject new life into the product. And, it's, and I know we've had these debates when it got announced, but I just feel like there's going to be real pressure to deliver ratings that would justify that money. And with the, the shoulder of Fox and promoting it during football games and the, the the side content they're going to have on FS1, which is essentially going to replace all the UFC shows they have now, I can't see them, go, them ha- being allowed to just put forth predictable crap. Yeah, it's tough because when
1: SmackDown it looks – Friday is like the least-watched night of television, right? So so Fox is just kind of banking that they can get a consistent rating out of this. I don't know that they necessarily expect it to be higher than it is now. The problem is WWE ratings – and yes, it is NFL season. This happens every year. But WWE ratings are like the lowest they've been in a while. They've been steadily, steadily declining over the last five years. But for WWE to still get that much money – Despite declining ratings, just because they're consistent and they're steady and they're live and it can get DVR, but many people do not. I'm not as optimistic as you are. I think moving to Friday is a huge problem. I really do. For pay-per-view builds, the fact that last time it was on Friday, that go-home show was like a recap show of the week.
0: And the prior Friday SmackDown
1: was the real go-home show. It it, it's not a good structure-wise, far
0: from ideal. But but my point was, and look, Friday not a great night for TV. But my point is, they can make it. They can do their best to make it. Will they put best foot forward, or will they do exactly what you just said and be like, "Well, Friday's not great anyway. Let's mail it in. We'll get a consistent two and a half million. Whatever will be fine." No, you're on main Fox on a Friday night. You got to step it up and write the crap out of it. Like, look, if we're being honest, uh, NJPW over exceeds on their big pay-per-views, like over, like way above and beyond. If we think coming in they can do a 10, they do a 13 or 15. I think we'd have to agree that week to week, WWE, we believe they can do 10, and they do six and a half, seven, and then we get a good episode of Raw that's really only like an eight, but to us it's the best thing that ever happened because we're not, (laughs) you know, like we know they can do better. So, So in the
1: Attitude Era, obviously, they were going for a 10 or 11 or 12 every week. They were always looking to uh, do the prior week. We're not going to get that anymore because there's not the competition. I think they think that they're doing an eight every week or a seven every week, where most weeks or many weeks they are doing threes, fours, and fives. So when we do get a seven or eight, they think it's a 10, and it's, oh, my God, we killed it. Everyone's so praising us. But the rating just ticks up.
0: I no think the point. they in this you know? in this sense is Vince. It's really just Vince is the problem, and we all believe this and know this. If you you can't watch you can't watch Tuesday nights or 205 Live or NXT and not think that Vince and the Red Brand is the problem. Really, you can't because they all get it. They all can. They can all. They can hear Jimmy it, on Wednesday it's just, nights. It's just strange that we've had
1: like the way. Listen, it, nothing's going to be great every week. Even regular TV shows that you watch, sitcoms, dramas. There's there's going to be duds, right? But it's so strange, the progression that we have gone through, where Raw was very good, let's say, okay, for a period of time, up until WrestleMania. And then they had the superstar shake up, and it tanked. And SmackDown was awful for months, six months, made no sense. The storylines were terrible. We thought Road Dogg should get fired and burned at the stake. And now SmackDown, on a weekly basis is either from enjoyable to great television for two hours. And Raw has completely flipped that switch. And over the last four weeks, if you don't count this past week, is suddenly good again and entertaining and captivating. And it's good storylines. You may not love everything. You may find it repetitive. But things are happening on the show that have you say, it's Monday night, I want to watch wrestling. And I don't get why they go through these lulls and why SmackDown has not had one since turning on the jets all of a sudden. Vince still is involved in Smackdown. He's still involved in Raw. What's the difference? Why is this happening? I wish that we could actually talk to the writers. I feel like or the he's books.
0: involved less in Smackdown. And I get what you're saying cuz there's periods where Smackdown is lame and Raw's great and they seem to only stack it on one side. I feel like Vince cares about one show at a time. I, I feel like I, I feel like they overstacked Raw last summer because they knew they were heading into the negotiation period for the new TV deal, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, by the way, Shane did a bunch of in- Shane McMahon did a bunch of interviews leading into SmackDown 1000. We saw that really gross thing that I sent you where uh, <laughs> he was talking about the storyline Vince wanted to do incest and Pritchard wanted them not to do it. And then and then Shane said, why? I didn't really care. My sister's hot, which was a really weird joke. He was joking. It was so Come weird. On. Anyway, he came out with something that interesting where he said his he thinks his sons are going to get into the business ever since they walked out with him at WrestleMania 32 and that they text Papa, meaning VKM, whenever they think the the storylines are bullshit and they get mad. Uh, can we can we get the ki- can we get those kids? Papa, will you start like like seriously? <laughs> if, what if you just let Shane's kids book for a couple of weeks? Probably be fantastic, right? It'd probably be like like hopefully if anybody could get their ear because none of us could text Vince. I'm sure not even you know a Meltzer could text Vince directly. Maybe he could. I, I doubt it, but. Uh, those those grandkids can go right at Papa. I mean, hopefully he he listens after a while, right?
1: <laughs> I think we have reached the end of this edition yeah, of In This Corner. Yeah. <laughs> this,
0: this hotel room edition, clean sheets this time, has been brought to you by uh, uh, what's our ad this week? Uh, smart, not smart. Zip recruiter. Zip, recruiter. Zip recruiter,
1: Thank you, thank you for sponsoring us this week. Um, listen, iTunes five star reviews, Twitter ad In This Corner, CBS at B Campbell, CBS at Silverstein Adam. Hashtag free we do Thanos. this show. Yes sure uh we do the show for you the listener we appreciate you sticking with us listening to us every single week as we head into another stretch of wwe that you know what as the show started i don't really know what to do with all of it and uh bc i don't know if you do either
0: absolutely yeah yeah all right uh I haven't pressed this button before. I'll beat his ass so sore it's like he did a prison tour. Right, that's probably the reason why. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, check us out. Uh, check out our other offerings, all that good stuff. Um, let's get fired up for this uh, this crown jewel in the sand. Nah, we will. not We will. not Anyway.
1: Um, all right, that's it. Can that's you, that's, wait, that's just... do you like Blood Money in the Sander now?
0: As a name? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with that. I'm all right double. With I that. had a double. I had a double with it. Yeah, Maybe. I actually don't hate the name Crown Jewel. That That's not bad. It's, it's a, way better than the Greatest Royal Rumble. I mean, it's not of that course. bad. Well, no, Crown Jewel actually somewhat
1: made sense, and yeah. I don't know why they didn't just call the tournament that and, instead of the World Cup, but why don't we say
0: goodbye? Yeah, let's say goodbye. Roman, I, I, I'd say I'm happy to see you, but I'm disgusted by your whole All face. Right, no more Cena on the timeline. Um, let's say goodbye, say goodbye, and uh, that's it. You know, Brett never begs Sunny, and Yeah.